The scripture lesson today is from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 6. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Jesus died at 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon. There was only three hours for burial of Jesus because Sabbath begins at sunset, 6 p.m. The Jewish authorities did not want neither the body of the crucified still hanging on their crosses, nor any burial during Sabbath. So Jewish authorities petitioned Pilate to expedite Jesus' death by breaking his legs. But Jesus was already dead. And when soldiers took down the body of Jesus, One man came to Pilate and petitioned to bury Jesus. Who was this man? Who was this courageous man on the first day? His name was Joseph of Arimathea. All four Gospels recorded about Joseph. Mark says Joseph was a respected member of the council who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God. Matthew remembered him as a rich man and a disciple of Jesus. But John tells us he was a secret disciple because his fear of the Jews because Joseph was very rich and a powerful he was the member of a Sanhedrin which is today's Congress in the Jewish community let me ask you in what ways Do you identify with Joseph? What have been the cause of following Jesus for you? And are we ever secret disciples for fear of what others will think? But on the first day, of Jesus' death. Obviously, Joseph's 
fear was gone when Jesus died. But why? Why this secret disciple all of a sudden became so courageous and publicly took the body of Jesus and did the funeral for him? And there was another man named Nicodemus. He was also a ruler, the member of Sanhedrin, and he was a Pharisee. And he participated in the Jesus' funeral as well. If you remember, he was the one who came to Jesus by night asking about salvation. But he did not understand. When Jesus said, you have to be born again, he did not understand. But Joseph and Nicodemus had one thing in common. They were looking for the kingdom of God, life after death. How come these two leaders of Jews, who had many things to lose to follow Jesus, came and buried Jesus? When disciples of Jesus were terrified and hiding behind locked doors, why now are they confronting the public with their faith, with their discipleship? What did change them? What did they witness in the crucifixion? What did change your mind when you decide to follow Jesus? And did you count the cost of following Jesus? And are you paying now? On the second day, the Holy Saturday, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before the Pilate again and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said, while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, He has risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. So Pilate ordered soldiers to guard the tomb. When the temple system, the high priest and the, the high authority of Jewish community and the Roman authorities were worrying about disciples would steal the body of Jesus and deceive people. What was Jesus was doing? On Saturday, what Jesus was doing? Resting on the Sabbath in the tomb? As a dead body, just resting in the tomb? No. As we just reaffirm our faith with the opposite creed, he was descended to hell.
Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate and was crucified, died, and was buried and descended to hell. But not only to pay the cost of our sin by conquering the devil and destroy the power of death, but also Jesus ministered to the dead in the hell. Apostle Peter said, He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he also he went and made a proclamation to the spirit in prison, because in former times did not obey. The people did not obey. Of course, many scholars debate on this verse. Who are the spirits in prison? But the important fact is, Jesus was not dead in the second day, even in the hell. Jesus was proclaiming his victory and salvation to the dead in the, in the prison, as alive in spirit. His body was dead, but alive in the spirit on the second day. Aren't we are living? Aren't we living on the second day? Until Christ comes in final victory? I think we are living, our life is on second day, the second day. Because we are still like the dead. We're, because we are still in the world, but not of the world. We are living among the dead, as dead, people think. But we are not. Yes, we are dead to the world. We are dead to our old self before Jesus died for us. But we are now, we are alive in Christ, the kingdom of God. We are in the kingdom of God. We are alive in the kingdom of God. Amen. So what should we do among the dead? Alive in spirit in the world, what should we do? We must proclaim salvation as a living, alive in spirit. We have to proclaim the freedom in Christ to the people in prison. On the third day, the very early in the morning, the Sunday morning, there were three women came to the tomb to anoint Jesus. Mary of Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome. But they were, they discovered was the stone had been rolled away. It was open. And tomb was empty. Of course, they were wondering what had happened. So they went inside and they encountered this man. Young man in a white robe. I'm sure they were scared to death. But the young man said, 
Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen, and he is not here. See the place where they laid him. What do you see in this sin? It is again, it is ourselves, it is our self-portrait. We see ourselves, oftentimes we see ourselves in the empty tomb, in this prison, in the world. Because we looking for Jesus, we looking for solution, whatever, we looking for happiness, good life, whatever that is, we looking for Jesus in the empty tomb. In the space with the things we desire. We're looking and we're looking and we're looking. Have you found what you're looking for in this world, in this prison, in this empty tomb? But the young man said, But go! Tell your disciple and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee, there you will see him, just as he told you. Where is our Galilee? Where is our Galilee? What is it? Where is your Galilee? It was their hometown. Disciples' hometown, Galilee was. And we, as we know, they went back to their hometown, they back to their work, fishing or whatever they were doing. Where is your Galilee? It is where we live, where we work every day. Here and now. Galilee is here and now. Your family, your career, your, your, your company, your classroom, your neighborhood. That's Galilee for us. And do you find Jesus there? Do you find Jesus there? in your neighborhood, in your company, in this society? Do we find Jesus there? Do we find the eternal joy, love, peace, and hope? We know it is not easy to find Jesus where we are. So we say like Thomas all the time, right? Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hand and put my fingers in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. And the, what, that's what Wall says. They wouldn't be, would not believe unless they touch it, unless they grab it, unless they have it, possess it. They don't believe it. Even they have it, even they possess it, they never satisfy with it. Right? And many Christians having trouble the finding Jesus in Galilee here and now. So how can we find Jesus? 
in Galilee, where we are. And who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Jesus said, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Who are the least of these? You remember the passage? And do what? Jesus said, They're the hungry, and you feed them. They're the thirsty, and you give them drink. They're the stranger, and you welcome them. And they're the naked, and they're the sick, and they're in the prison. You clothe them, you heal them, and you visit them. Do we? Do we? Do you? Do you know who Jesus is in your Galilee, in your neighborhood, in your company, in your classroom, in your, wherever you are, do you know who is Jesus? Who is the sick? Who is the naked? Who is the stranger? Do you know them? Can you identify them? You know what? Jesus would ask this question to us. This have I suffered for you. Now, what will you do for me? People don't get it. The salvation is free, right? Just believe in Jesus and you go to heaven? Actually, that is the weakness of the gospel. People don't believe that. What if we churches say, well, you know what? To go to heaven, it costs you about $20,000. Maybe for you, maybe $50,000. People get it. People get it. But when we say, Jesus died for everyone, for all the sins, we're all equal, all equal to our sin, and we all are eligible to go to heaven, no matter what your life, what you've done, where you've been, you're all saved redeemed, but people don't get it. So this is the cause here. This is the cause, Jesus said. This much, this is I suffer for you. What will you do for me? We live today. No one lived yesterday. No one can live tomorrow, right? We live today. Actually, every moment, only that moment we live, we live today, and we facing uncertainty every day, here and now, the Galilee, where we must find Jesus. We live today. When the whole world tried to live yesterday or tomorrow or future sometime. And we are encountering today, 
every moment, the world of chaos and infinite selfishness, greedy people, violent people. It's so overwhelming. So how do you live? How do you live your today? In your Galilee, how do you live your day today? And as you finding Jesus, we believe we live today because Jesus lives, right? We are no longer living. We are dead to this world. We are dead to this body. When Jesus crucified, we were crucified with him. Right? When he was resurrected, we were resurrected too. And now we live. I no longer live. We no longer live. But Christ lives in us. Amen. We cannot live this world in this prison unless Christ lives in us. I'm sure you know this song, you know, Because He Lives. The Gator's brother, they wrote this song. I don't know how long ago. They felt, the Gator's brother, the, the mother and father, they were expe- expecting another baby. And even that time, it was like 1960 or 70, they thought the world is like today. They're chaotic and just so evil. So they... As they waiting for newborn babies coming, they wrote this song. Such a powerful truth they confessing, because he lives. Would you join me in singing together? Because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the just because he lives. He lives. I told you that life is not choice. Life is God's commandment. It is God command us to live. Even he restored our life to live this new life. But if we try to live yesterday, if we try to live tomorrow, we cannot live. If you want to live today, you cannot live. Only Jesus will live for you. And one day we will depart. When we die, you will know, we will know what will be. Amen. We'll be liberated from this space and into the time, the eternity. So he lives in me means I live his way. 
We don't just believe Jesus, but we live Jesus. I speak to his words. I see what he sees. And I think what Jesus thinks. And I do what Jesus would do. Amen. That's what Jesus lives in me. We are the responsible for the world. We are not, we don't have a finger to pointing out them. We only have a heart. We have a hands and feet to serve them, to restore them, because they are our responsibility. Their brokenness, their sinfulness, their evil, we are responsibility, like Jesus did. So, friends, let us reassure our risen Christ is the central truth of this life so we can face tomorrow, today, every day, until Christ comes in final victory. Amen.